ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Especially uh, the Basenta leaders amongst us. We are doing something. So join us. Okay. Don't be disconnected. You are welcome, and um, as you know, this particular third service is not a long service, and um, there are very, very important things God has for us, and so I want you to be very attentive. See it as a school for you. Amen. Amen. Actually, it is a school. So when you get the privilege to sit in a service like this, you must be open to learn. Paul says in First Timothy chapter three. Verse 13. That they that have used the office of a deacon well, those who do it well, obtain or purchase to themselves a good degree. 
So this is a cause. And some are failing. Some are getting third class. And some are getting first class. The work of a shepherd leads to academic credentials. And it says, those who do it well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith. So, it is important to ask yourself whether you are failing. Do you have a good degree? What class do you have at now? What's your GPA? What class? Are you getting fourth class? But a shepherd must have a good degree. Not a bogus third class. Okay? I know there are people who don't take this thing seriously. Many, eh? Oh, I thought there were a few. Many. Many who don't take this seriously. But those who don't take it seriously are missing the best chance in life. The opportunity to do ministry is one of your greatest privileges. And it's time for us to see people who are shining in the work. We want to see people who are at the cutting edge, who are trailblazers, who are reference points, who are noticeable and significant. That's why Paul says that if you do this deacon work well, you'll get a good degree. Now, that good degree helps you to get a good job. Because the ministry is also a profession. Hebrews 4.14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is, we have a senior pastor who has passed into the heavens. Jesus, in case you don't know him. Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession with the fellow priests, we the fellow pastors should hold fast to our profession. The ministry is a profession. 
It's a prophecy like carpentry or what? Driving, plumbing, hairdressing. This is a profession which has the power to give you a car the same way a plumber can also do plumbing and get a car. You can get a house to stay in from this work. That's as if you, are, if you get a good degree. <laughs> I'm sure you know that if you don't pass well in the university, many jobs will not take you. Yeah, you just be something. You just do something. I don't want to mention something to discourage some of you. So many of you sitting here, what you were looking for or what your parents were expecting you to get, for which reason they took you to school, that you went to fail there. This is another opportunity to get a degree and a profession to get that thing, if you believe it. And I have used a good degree as a deacon, obtained a profession as a priest, and I've got everything that doctors can get in the hospital, I've got it in the church. Even before I became a full-time pastor. Long before. In fact, what I have is a higher quality than what doctors are getting in the hospital. Because this is a profession. So when I see people who take their banking profession more seriously than ministry, I see someone I have to pity. Because the person doesn't have a revelation of what God intended to do for you. My dear friends, as we've gathered here, see this thing we are doing as a door for you to have something you will never have had. To become something. But many places when I go and I say, I'm a doctor, I'm respected. I went somewhere to preach this morning. When I finished, somebody, one of the important people there, came to see me. Wow. You're a doctor. And you preach like this. I said, by the grace of God, yes, ex-doctor. So if you are a doctor, you are a plumber, you are a carpenter, there's some respect you get. There's some respect you get. But the respect you get as a priest is far higher than the respect you get as a plumber, as a carpenter, as a lawyer. Believe me. But we are in Accra. There are many thousands of lawyers in Accra. Thousands. Who knows them? But Pastors who haven't been to school before have more honor than lawyers who stand at taxi ranks taking trotro 
to their chambers. Pastors without education but have got anointing. May you be anointed for greater works. So I'm not stopping you from going to school. Don't get me wrong. But be wise and know that this thing can overtake your education and take you somewhere that this school thing will not give you. Even if we don't do much at all, the Bible says in Proverbs that the sheep are for thy clothing. And the goats are the price of the field. You are wasting an opportunity. Any shepherd here, any pastor here, any leader here who is playing and joking with the ministry, you are missing out big time. You are missing out big time. So today, I have something little to share with you as we close. And it is a privilege for me to teach the second installment of Foundations. So I'm calling it Foundations 2. Foundations Part 2. I shared I taught on foundations part one. Was it last week? Okay. I want to give you the second installment in this series. I think it's a three-part series. Because Your ministry is bound to fail if you don't respect foundations. What makes what you are doing last? Remember, I've been doing this for the past 26 years. So that, is, that is official pastoring. But ministry work, I am in my 35th year. I am in my 35th year of doing active ministry. But the official appointment given a church to do, that one is 26. I'm actually the 27th year. Now, if you don't have foundations... You can't come this far. And there are some of you sitting here, you are only here for six months. Some of you, I give you, if in three years' time you are still around, I'll give up my ministry. I'll give it up. I'll give it up. Some of you sitting here, 
three years will not meet you here. There are some of you also who will be around in ten years. But you are spiritually rejected. You know, when Saul, King Saul, was in the castle as the president of Israel, a prophet was pouring oil on the head of a small boy in the bush. At the same time, it was a Tuesday morning. King Saul was sitting in the castle. He was sitting on the chair as the president of Israel, the prime minister. At the, on that same Tuesday, God was anointing a little boy in town, in the, in the bush. So, a lot of positions are empty positions. There are reverends who are not reverends. There are bishops who were deconsecrated six months earlier, but they don't know that there's nothing left for them. Having a title does not make you what the title is saying about you. The reason is a very sad reason. And it's a frightening one. In Luke 6, 49, Jesus said, He that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house. Without a foundation built a house. So, any and everything imaginable that can be built can be built without a foundation. A bishop can be built without a foundation. A reverend can be built without a foundation. I was very surprised. Last week, I was last week I was talking about father. Pastors are not born again. You can be a reverend and not be born again. I was very surprised two days ago. I was listening to Bishop Oedipo. And he said the same thing. He said there are bishops who are not saved. They are, I mean, as if I heard it and copied it. Said, there are reverends who are not saved. Exactly what I was saying here last week. I, 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 I stood up. I asked my son, did you hear what he was saying? I said, yes. And my son reminded me that. But you were saying this last week in Foundations. So you were saying this. I know. Oh, so you were listening. Oh, but I, I soak everything you preach. Yeah. I think you have to be far to be proper. 
if you are near, there's a problem. Without a foundation, he became a center leader. I have appointed center leaders who have no foundation. That is why I'm taking my time. You may think I'm not well, but I'm very well. I'm just relaxed and I'm taking my time to let this message percolate into your tissues. That whatever it is you are doing around here, look under. Ask your, ask, you have to ask yourself, do I have a foundation? Because having something doesn't mean, I would never have said that you could build, my knowledge of building doesn't allow me to make a statement like this, a very serious statement. That without a foundation, you will build a house. I will never say that in a thousand years. How can you build a house without a foundation? But Jesus says that you can build a house without a foundation. And I believe it. I believe the words of Jesus more than my experience. I can't even imagine how you can build. There's no foundation. You're just putting blocks on, the, on sand. But he did it. So all the disasters in ministry, all the catastrophes in ministry, all the difficulties and the struggles and the fights have all been because I have been dealing with people who have completed houses, but there's nothing under. So these days I don't struggle too much. When I see that something is not working, I don't force it because I realize that I can be a fool. Forcing, can you imagine a house with air conditioning, roofing sheets, windows and doors, and it just falls down. Can you imagine the amount of money you've wasted? So I would rather look for somebody. The money I will use to roof your house, I will find somebody and dig inside that person to start a foundation. I will not waste my time on you. Remain there as an uncompleted house at your lintel level. I will find a new rock and dig it. So today, I want us to discuss the second level of foundations which once again without having it some of you have money to sit here some of you have money to get titles some of you have money to get sheep some of you have money to get members without this title without this foundation Last week, I gave you three foundations. What was it? The Trinity. Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and prayer. Why Jesus Christ? Because there is no other foundation apart from that which has been laid. And it is Jesus Christ. 
and some of you may not have Jesus Christ. We were here and we saw people who were not born again, but we are here masquerading as Basenta leaders. Are you born again? The word of God is a major foundation. Acts 6-4 But we will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So if you are here, once again, you can build a center and you don't pray. And remember that the reason why I'm teaching this is that I want you to know that you are only waiting for a storm to scatter your work. You are only waiting for Christmas. Christmas, that you say you don't have any members. Christmas is your storm. Easter is your storm. Some of you, your wife's pregnancy is your storm. Last week was a, a brother. His wife delivered a baby. His wife, not he himself. His wife delivered a baby. Then he came to see me. Oh, he wants to go home to go and. Uh, his wife says he should come. I said, Ah, open up. What are you doing? I said, Who delivered the baby? What, what are you going to do? Is your wife's mother not there? What are you going to do? Why are you doing that? So already, see that. It is, a baby is a storm. Yes, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, last week Sunday, yeah. and he's listening to me wearing glasses. <laughs> yes, you won't believe it, though. I've not heard some before. He said, I think his wife delivered. I think the day before or some days, fresh baby. She has left the hospital. Doctors have discharged her. Neat baby, well baby. Drink clean delivery. No episiotomy. Breastfeeding. Breast is coming. Everything is fine. But a baby which doesn't know ABC has destroyed his ministry. I said, I told him, if you are a man with testicles, leave this church. If you are a man, leave this church. So, so today, he's cool here. The, the, the prime meeting is the first thing. You have to come and pray. You, you remind me. <laughs> I can see him. He's cool. As if his wife has not delivered. Yeah. When you don't have solid foundations, a little Christmas, your members travel now. There's no center meeting. Yes. A little exam, 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 mock exam. You can't go and preach. Because as you are dead, there is nothing under you. But some people are able to do ministry writing exams. Writing exams. In the exam week, they are writing exams. I can't say some things that are, people don't think it's necessary, so I've stopped it. When I've got foundations, exam, remedials. I've written remedials before. 
I wrote remedials in the medical school. I will not lie to you. I have failed and written exam after I, 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 was, I was repeated for six months. I will not lie to you. We've been through all that. I'm telling you. So you will know that. When you also repeated, remember me. Yeah. So, what is under you? What is under you? I know my, my best girls in the church are these Arams and Cassandras and Magis. I, I, I just like them. When I see them, then I'm dying. Something is doing me when I say, yeah, they are solid Christians, frontliners, major singers, but they are also regional heads. Some of you Christians cannot do what they are doing because you have no foundation. Go to Aikuma and see the work Mata is doing there. You can't do much. They are, they are the pillars in the choir. But they are also major overseers in the church. Some of you cannot, you cannot count money and be a center leader. Okay. Obey foundation. You can't. Because when you try that, the person is just stopping church. He's leaving the church. So we say, hey, get the money. Count it. Count it. Get the money. We have even go and take loans and give it to you to count. Yeah. The Sunday there's no offering. We go and borrow money and say, count it, count it. <laughs> Foolish woman. Nothing under you. A baby can retire you. I know, I know mothers that baby, a, a pregnancy. That's why one of the reasons why I respect my wife. She's a great woman. Nothing could stop her from doing ministry. Nothing. No pregnancy, nothing, children, nothing. Constantly moving. Praying every day. I live with her. And I'm telling you that the, the, the lady pastors in this church like her, the, the man be like three. Christians, proper Christians, are an endangered species. A lot of pastors don't pray. They don't read their Bibles. I want to see women who get pregnant and pray at home. They attend prayer meetings. They attend camps with their baby. They are walking. They are no car. They are around. That's why I'm preaching this. And when you are properly born again, no job will take your ministry from you. No job. No job. No job. Some of us have worked at the highest levels of proper institutions. It's not just your two by four work you are doing, this type of secretary typing letters and moving around, invoicing. We built things and still stayed in the church. 
had entire departments in the hospitals. Day and night. I was a house officer. Go and look for a doctor. Any doctor you know, ask him to, to tell you about housemanship. Housemanship. I was a house officer. I never missed Matayako Church one Sunday. Never. But I did surgery. I did medicine. I did pediatrics. Ask them. If it's possible. Ah, how can you go to church when, there is, when you're on duty? But I went to preach when I was on duty. to preach. We're on duty. I, I, I went. I went. That's why I'm talking about foundations. Because if you are walking around just wearing t-shirts and taking titles and whatever it is, you, you realize that a little disturbance of your equilibrium disrupts your commitment. A little introduction of Something foreign that destabilizes you takes out the ministry. A little problem, you are not around. A little issue, you can't give out your best. But center leaders who don't buzz because there's no money. Yes. Money has become your storm. It has shown that you are not deep. You're not deep. There's not much under. Anyway, so today I think that's the message. And uh, let me just say something and then we'll close. John 21, Foundations Part 2. So, verse 15. When they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, actually, I'm looking at you. He said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. Because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, Thou knowest all things. 
Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. My dear friend, this is a chat between Christ and Peter, which we've heard and read. But today, there is something in it that is key to your ministry as a shepherd. Now, you will see that Jesus Christ was asking him, do you love me? And then he told him, feed my sheep. In other words, be a shepherd. Second time. Do you love me? Then he said, feed my sheep. He said, I love you. He said, so, 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 be a shepherd. I'm preaching on foundations. Then he asks again, do you love me? So when he established the fact that Peter loved him from the three questions, he said, all right, all right, then you are qualified to feed my sheep. In other words, if you flip this conversation around, you will realize that a major qualification to becoming a shepherd is to be a lover of God. <laughs> are you with me? We are ending. It's not a long... Are you okay? Okay. <laughs> are you are you here? Yeah. Only lovers of God are allowed to be shepherds. If you do not love God, stay away from the sheep. Stay away. Stay away. (laughs) So herein lies the obvious stratification of shepherds. The obvious segmentation and divisions you see in the shepherding work. Because your success in shepherding is directly connected to the depth of your love for God. And in Luke 6.49, Jesus is saying that you can be a shepherd without any love for God. You can be a shepherd. 
there are some of you sitting here with titles, pastors, reverends, shepherds, whatever you are. And there is not even one drop of, you, you don't care a hoot about God. But you are in charge of sheep. You are in charge of a choir. You are in charge of dancing stars. You see, I, I, one of my key verses in the entire Bible is this Luke 6 49. A, it is very important to me because it, 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 it makes me take time before I get impressed with what anybody is doing. Any, anything, whether it is ministry, it is business, it is marriage, it's relationship, it's whatever. I, I don't just see something and get impressed because there are things you can see, but there is nothing under it. There's nothing under it. It's one of my major sources of wisdom. When I see something, I, 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 I take my time to look at it very well. When I see a singer singing very well, it's not very often I just readily get in predicate. That person standing on the stage may not be born again. May not be born again. She's singing with a nice voice, singing verses, but there's no Christ. She has not prayed for two weeks. What do you need to sing? What do you need to sing a song? Is it not a very, very good laryngeal muscles? But what do you need? Is it prayer? You don't need to pray to sing a song on the stage. What's Bob Manley praying? He was rather smoking weed. Without loving God, you can be a shepherd. Hey, it gets worse. I, 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 I froze right now. When I thought of people we give new converts to who don't love God. Baby Christians, you give them to them. He has no love for God. You see, to love the sheep, you must be a lover of God. So today, once again, you see, why am I teaching this series? Why am I so strong? I'm not teaching this series to know who is who. I'm teaching it for you yourself to ask yourself questions and to be afraid of what you are doing. That you are actually doing something which is not right. That you are doing something which is fake. Or you are doing something which is great. And that you should not be surprised if in two years' time you are not here. Because you can be doing things with no foundation under it. Today, I present to you the foundation called the love of God. Not the love of a bishop. Not the love of a church. Not a love of a denomination. Not the love of how a person preaches. Not the love of, 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 of a church service. The love of God.
the love of God. If I project the titan data of all of us sitting here, you will know who loves God and who doesn't love God. I'm saying to you today eh, that listen very carefully because you may easily surprise yourself one day when there is nothing in your hands but you've been around for a while. This is the era where we have shepherds who don't visit. Pastors who don't visit. Who don't know what has happened to your members. No texting. No, it's like they don't have time for the people. Only on Sunday, go and park a bus there and those who want to enter should come. So you see somebody at a time in, in, our, in our MPP era where there's no money. They have just printed 200 Ghana and 100 Ghana where there's no money in the system. Somebody can actually find money, pay for a bus, 120 Ghana cities for a bus and doesn't care whether it is full or half full or quarter full. He said, I should bus. I brought the bus. I don't care who failed. If it's, if it's only three people who are inside, it's okay. If it's one person sitting about like Pinocchio, Pinocchio, it's fine. Look, let me tell you. Whenever you see somebody, like last, was it last week or so? Or two weeks ago, recently. A major pastor had a center service and only five members came. And when I went into it, he told me, this family traveled, this person wasn't there, this person went here, and this is In the end, a major man of God with a center service, only five. Now, when you see something like that, the, the only explanation is not family members who traveled, it's not somebody who is not there, but you are looking at a major man of God who doesn't love God. His love for God is amputated. You know, Bishop Kobe, when we come to this subject of loving God, it's not something you, you, you should assume you are doing, or you, you are, or you have. I don't know what English you speak. Don't quickly say, oh, I love God. No, 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 no. It was so serious and such a major issue that it is actually a commandment to love God. So don't, don't, don't sit there and say, oh, me, I love God. If you really love God, it will not be a commandment. And not just a commandment like the 12th commandment. Somebody came to Jesus and asked him, which one, one, which one is the greatest of all the commandments? And Jesus said, the first and the great one is this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. It is not easy. Don't just sit there and say you love God. It goes, who you? It 
It is a commandment. Like, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Because you can easily like somebody's wife. That thou shalt not kill. Are we all not killers? I mean, we have fought. That one, when it comes up, then we have fallen. Because any man who hates his brother is a murderer. Think of the people you have killed already. They're still killing. Even some of you have killed me already. I'm talking about an issue which must let you be sober and sit down and really ask yourself whether you are a lover of God. Don't, don't flagrantly dismiss it and, and, and just, just lightly dispose of the subject as if it is a matter which is just for kids. It is a commandment. It's a commandment. You could easily be sitting here without loving God. Because there are ways to tell if you love God. <laughs> it's not what you are saying. It's not what you are feeling. There is, it's not like, oh, oh, the one, like, I'm wearing a white shirt, so I love God. And you are wearing a black shirt, so you, you hate God. No, those things don't come in. There are clear-cut criteria for lovers of God. Things you can do to see that you are a lover of God. And I'm saying that even by looking at your faces, some of you, have, you don't even look like a lover of God. And that, sir, is the reason for sentences which never rise above five. Strong Christian Academy regional directors who are not able to, not only not able to even bring souls, but to even keep souls. Everything they score is zero. You are looking at somebody who doesn't love God. That's why I cry. The first question... Look at verse 15. Look. John 21, verse 15. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Lovest thou me more than this? Because some of you love God, but you love your work more than God. Yes. You love your business more than God. You love your tribe, your tribe, your away tribe more than God. That's the first one. That, that's a big blow. That one is a very sweeping statement. Do you love me more than this? Yeah, some of you, if the person is not from Kumasi, you don't relate to well with the person. It's like, you, you are with Sia Wunia. We the enzymes and the, and the gas and the airways there, we don't matter. When you meet your Asante person and you are speaking your tree, it's like you have met a human being. We there, we are giraffes. The first sign of your love for God is that you love God above. (laughs) 
Loving God doesn't mean you can't love your wife. No, it doesn't mean you can't love your, your, your dog. You are allowed to love your dog. You are allowed to love your husband. You love your child. Love your business. Love it. Love it. But, but when, when your business interfaces with God, which one do you choose? If you have a chance to follow up an Ashanti and, and, and you have a chance to follow up an Away, which one do you choose? The problem comes when your love for, for, for your job, your love for ACCA is bigger than your love for the center work you must do. That's why when it is Christmas, you have nothing to show. Because there's no foundation. Your love, the love you have for God is spurious. It's fake. It's love, but it doesn't measure up. Everything else is bigger than your love for God. You love God. You must love God to be sitting here. Yeah. But if it comes to your mother, if it comes to your father, yeah, you know what you have done to come and stand here? My God, if I say it, I'll confuse you. If I say it, I'll confuse you. You think we are not married? Can you not see my ring? Yeah. But some of you, if you, if you have to choose between pleasing your beloved, pleasing your wife, and doing the ministry, your wife's witchcraft will control you out of the ministry. Loveth me more than me. I'm preaching about the love of God. So when you see somebody who is successfully pastoring a center, successfully pastoring a church, and the church is growing Things are working. The person has mastered other things that he has to love. He's in control of a husband, of his wife, of his business, of himself. Yay! His own life. His own life. This same guy who said his wife has delivered. And uh, I forgot what I was saying. His wife has delivered. He has to go home because of the baby. Yeah. The week before, he wasn't in church. And he sent me a text that he's not feeling well. Now, when I read that text message, I was also sick of the same sickness. But I just didn't mind him. I just replied and said, you are healed. (laughs) Was it a Sunday? Yes, Sunday. So it was somebody else who was in his place working in the church. But some of us have crawled. We have crawled to come and preach on all fours, like an animal. We couldn't stand up. We crawled to come. We prayed with headaches. We prayed with sore throats. We prayed with chest pain. We prayed with back pain. We prayed with all kinds of things. Because because your love for God, your love for the things of God must be bigger and higher than your love for your feelings and your body and your back and your leg and your knee and your mouth. We love our children. We love our children. <laughs> you want to talk about love? Loving our children? Come and let's discuss it. 
but, but when you see us in the church, it's as if we, we, are, we are irresponsible for this. You that you are with your children, what, have they, what has come out of them? I say, you that you are with your children, what have, what have they become? You go around there, you bring them back to the same useless pastors you are laughing at. Because you, you meet your meter one of these days. You realize that this one, I can't solve it. I must call this fool and discuss the issue with him. I must call that fool. In case you don't know, I'm preaching about loving God. And some of you, after this meeting, should resign. Yeah, you should resign. So, these days, when I'm, when I'm removing people from the things they are, they are doing, I do it heartlessly. I just clear them. Just clear them. Get out of the place. Just get out. So, in the, in the meeting, like last week, I said, get up and leave the meeting now. No, go out. Out. Just go out. But it is now that I'm understanding. I didn't even know what I was doing then. But I'm now understanding that. You, you are di- and, and let me tell you, ne- like I said, never, if you're a pastor raising people, never invest even one minute of your time in, in, the, in the life of anybody you perceive as not loving God. Find somebody. Find another new convert. And pour the love. By this time, you should be one of our major lady pastors in the council. By this time, you should be one of our, when you say, lady pastor, I mean, with a ministry that we respect, you should be one of them. Commanding buses on Sunday, gathering by, on Sunday, you have a Motorola. You are calling this guy, hey, hey Francis, where are you? Eddie, why, why is the boy? Hey, Papa Kwame, bring the guys. And where are the buses? Why is this so? That, that, that's you. But today you are now a very beautiful mother of, is it two or one? How many do you have? Two. One. Hey, the one you get today, I don't know what you do. Will you be in church? I didn't come to look for you. You brought yourself. (laughs) God is not saying we shouldn't love our wives, we shouldn't love our babies, we shouldn't love our houses, we shouldn't even love your bed. You should love your bed because you spent money to make that bed. Love it. But when it comes to God, you should, be, you should know what you should drop as a, as a, as a shepherd. Said, Do you love me more than this? And I'm saying it again. Just in case. Because of the clapping, you didn't hear. And so on. I'm telling you that these days, I don't tolerate people who I consider not having time for the things of God. Because all those people have got have time for their secular pursuits. They have time for their children. They have time for the so a lot of people, in fact, there are people I even relate very well with. I have a mind about them. I have a mind. And it's not everything. It's only children who speak their mind by heart. But I'm not a child by the grace of God. 
I said, the foundation for being a shepherd is that you love God. It will make you fast. It will make us, it will make you take us to your mother's house or to your house you have rented and show us where on the floor you lie to pray. When you love God and your love for God interfaces with pornography, you drop the pornography right now because your love for God does not. You see, it's, it's, it's a, but we don't watch it because my love for God is bigger than my love for that cinema. That, 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 that's all. That's all. Like, 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 stop coming. It's like gospel music. It's like gospel music. This, uh, what's the name of these guys? What's the list we were reading yesterday, last week? DJ Varoski, Kwame Eugene, Shatawale. Mention them clear. Take your time. Stone Boy, Wendy Shea, E.L. Miss V, Sarkodie. Listen, let me tell you my verdict. There are songs here, they are nicer than 95% of gospel songs. Put, put, put Sarkodie's music here and put, I don't even know that gospel music. Who, who are they? What, who, what? Right? Danda Hamilton, Imamesi, uh, 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 Joyce Blessing, uh, the policeman, what's his name? DSP Sapon. And put, the, I said, I'm saying that put Stone Ball here, put Shatawale here, and put DSP Sapon here. I will choose DSP's Shatawale ten times. That's me. Me, me. I've not le- I don't even know what which song is song by song. I don't know which song is song. But I can tell you that from day one, unbeliever songs have been nicer. Na- I mean, when, when Michael Jackson is, is, is arranging a song, I said, when, when, when Quincy Jones is in a studio arranging a song, mastering it on Dubai, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Lionel Richie. Lakeside. Cool and the gang. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not that we don't know that the song is nice. But our love for God does not allow us. We can love that one more than God. But, but we have determined that we will love God more than any of such nonsense. That is why. But it's not, it's, it's not because... One day I told a guy at Adenta, when I was at Bureau, I told him, I said, what you are doing here, what you are doing in the church here, I'm, I am a senior in this. I said, I am a senior in this. But we don't do such things because of the, the, the decisions we've taken to serve God. And I advise him, I said, if you also serve God, you won't behave this way. Taking a quarrister to a, a movie house, smooching her. All this. I said, do I look at somebody who can do such a thing? I can't call you to a movie house. You will come. 
to wear what what? Healing Jesus Crusade campaign. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow morning you will meet something which, which will try to demand your love for God, which will force you to reduce your love for God. Love God more than it. Love God more than your job. I'm talking about shepherds who are fruitful. Love God more than the things which are nice. They are nice. Believe me, they are nice. Can you insult me? That you mean you mean I, I can't see nice girls? Hey, then then you're not being fair to me. You're not being fair to me. But it's love for God. It's love for God. When God demands something, you don't discuss with him. When God wants your time, you don't say that I have, I'm, I'm, I'm busy these days. When God wants your money, you don't say oh, I'm going to buy a wig. When God wants your energy, you don't say that I, I'm, I'm, I'm already going here. All those who work with God, anytime God wanted their son, their time, their children, their family, yay, even their own life, because of their love for God, they put it down. And this generation of church workers needs God lovers. We need it. We need people who love God more than their job. What work do you do? We've worked in better places. If I have to attend the camp, I tell them I have a family emergency. Yes, this is a family for me. It will not be important to you, but this is a family. If my pastor wants me at a camp, it is a family emergency. That's on Thursday. You see, I didn't even announce it in church. I would never announce a, a, a meeting with shepherds in church. Never make announcements, shepherds' announcements. Don't, don't, don't waste the church's time to make a shepherd's announcement. Thursday, we are here. 10 a.m. sharp. You try and come at one and see if you will enter this place. All day, we are here praying. We didn't go to school. What is right? What is right must be done. If it is right, like Joseph told for the first wife, I cannot. It's not right for me to do what I'm doing. What you want me to do? I can't. I'll go to prison. I'll go back. I love God more than I love myself. So if in loving God, I go to jail, my body is in pain, my whatever, but I have pleased the God whose love for me and to whom I love, that love is higher. I'm okay with it. Once I've loved God, the rest will take office. You can't even kill me. And they died. It's not, it's, not, it's not just words. They died. So when you are in your room at 2 a.m. with pornography, feeding on it, ejaculating massively, you know that your love for God is very, very, very small, if at all. You don't love God. Because those who love God, 
those who love God. Can you sit down? Let me end the service. I want to tell you something about one or two things. I've said one thing already. That when we say loving God, it doesn't mean that we must hate our wives. It doesn't mean we must hate our children. We must hate our husbands. But if it comes to God, nothing should, should be able to enjoy our love when God hasn't enjoyed our love. Now, I want to tell you, not my ideas, but what the Bible says. Remember, remember this. The reason for all this message is that loving God is a foundation. If you don't have it, you can be a shepherd. That's one of the things you should know about foundation. If you don't have a foundation, you can be something. The absence of a foundation does not prevent you from being anything. You can be everything without a foundation. He's like a man that without a foundation builded a house. But whatever you have built is only waiting for Christmas. It's only waiting for your exams. It's only waiting for your sickness. It's only waiting for your wife's pregnancy. It's only waiting for your wife's first baby to come. Oh, the guy is just, you can't find him. He's at home. Doing what? He's looking at his wife. So, so let's, let's, let's end the service well. What goes into loving God? It's not words. And I'll advise ladies who don't have beloveds who are now going to marry. Don't let words mean a lot to you. Look at actions. Of course, words can mean something if, if your beloved calls you a fool. I mean, you should know what is ahead. If, relationship equals fool, therefore marriage. Marriage is more. If more, let's divide. Marriage over relationship times fool. It's beatings, beatings. So, so let's, let's end it. Because we need to get it right. We need to love God. We need to love. Otherwise, what you are calling a center is only waiting for you to enter a relationship. And you can't. Anything which comes to shake your, your equilibrium takes over. But we have been in relationships. We have married. We have had children. Our wives have delivered. You, your wife delivered. No, you are going home. Foundation. I'm teaching. Your wife delivered. No, you are going home. I mean, how is that? The next week you come. Working hard, fixing chairs, moving up and down. You are do you do her, but we know that you don't have something. So I said, if you were a man with testicles, leave here. He said, I'm sorry. Said, you have to be sorry. Foolish man. What goes into loving God? How do we love God? How do we know we are loving God? 
John 14, 21. Are you here? Or we should end the service. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. Now watch this one. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Before we come here, please look at John 1. How do you love God? Because we can see here that God also will love you back. Now, it is that love of God, it is that interest in God in your affairs that makes your ministry work blossom. Now, what goes, how do you love God? First John, first John, chapter 1, 10. Give me 10. All right. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. (laughs) And his word is not in us. Now, this is a big one I want us to get clearly. What I'm about to say. No one here should say that you have not erred from what I'm about to talk about. Don't make God a liar. Please tell your neighbor. Don't make God a liar. Say everything the pastor says. Accept it. Accept it. Say this is a serious matter. And when you do that, it's even worse because his word is not in you. So, 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 don't say you have not sinned in this meeting. Don't say that, oh, this one is the Bacenta leaders, but we who are reverent, we are okay in this area. Oh, but, but last week we just bought the Macarius. Don't say that. All right. Number one. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Verse 21, next verse. Keep yourself. In the love of God. Tell him that. Don't say you have not sinned. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That one is for a convention. The first statement is that you, 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 you. How do you love God? How do you love God? Number one, keep yourself. In the love of God. That is, love God. Be on God's side. Like Him. 
to the first point is that be on God's side. Always side with God. Don't side with yourself. Don't side with your feelings. Don't side with your wise baby. Don't side with your health. Don't side with your Qatar. Don't side with your ACCA. Don't side with your job. Side with God. Very, very big one because you see, a lot of people readily choose their daughter and abandon God. And they are not able to keep their daughter. That's the first thing. Everybody here should be on God's side. That is actually go to go to Exodus thirty two. In verse twenty six, Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come to me. And interestingly, it was the pastors who came and gathered themselves to him, the sons of Levi. Because always, always, when there's a battle, when there's swollen Sunday, when there's a church service, when we are having a Sunday morning, we must gather. Always, you see people who are not on God's side. Some people are on their bad side. Keep yourself. Keep yourself. That is, keep loving God. Keep loving God. And it means that, when we say, be on God's side, it means that it's your responsibility. You don't just find yourself on God's side. You must decide that, no, I'm not abandoning God on Sunday morning. I'm not abandoning God on Sunday morning. I'm not coming to church with an empty bus. See, who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's issues side? Who is on the Lord's issues side? Who is on the kingdom business side? Who is on the church work side? On Sunday morning, you should be on the church work side. On Saturday afternoon, you should be on the Lord's side. is crying. Your baby is crying. Your wife is crying. Your husband is crying. Your work is crying. Your school is crying. Your ACC is crying. Your exam is crying. Your remedials is crying. Even your former beloved is still crying that she wants you. There are things crying. There are things calling us. Paul said, there are, it may be, so many different kinds of voices. And every voice is important. Every voice is important. A day will come, you must choose God before this man. Yes, choose God. I've had to choose God before my wife. Oh, many times. Many times. That's that's, the way I want it. If I was to choose my wife first, I won't be here. I'll be in America. Because it was her money I used to register for the exam. So the money I used to pay the plane ticket, to buy the plane ticket. If I had chosen my wife's side, I wouldn't be here. 
I was on the plane and God said, you are not leaving your 30 members at Mataeko to go to Colorado. I said, what? My wife will beat me. <laughs> but I knew what I had to do. I knew it. And I thank God. And when I told my wife, she said, if you feel it in your heart that we should stay here in Ghana, I'm with you everywhere. Even at the bus stop, I'm with you. Bus stop. Bus stop. Once you are there, it is home. Once you are there, it is home. That's why we are here. Your body will call you. Your feelings will call you. Always choose the Lord's side. I don't know how to preach this message. Somebody should help me. I think I'm not doing well. Somebody should say it better. Every time you look, if you want to serve God, that's and I'm not surprised that it was the sons of Levi who went and stood by him. Where were the other boys? Where were the other tribes? It is pastors who choose the Lord's side. So when you see a shepherd who chooses business side, schools, I never chose school side. Wow! I failed my exam. But I was not bothered. I've never failed even half a paper before since I was born. The, the, the year I became a pastor, that's when I failed. First time, final year. I was repeated. Six months. I stayed. All my friends left me. I'm standing here. Am I an amputee? Am I limping? Am I walking like this? I beg you, don't treat God as a spare time. Don't easily dispose of God at your convenience. Or at your inconvenience you dispose of him. Maybe I should say that one. In your difficult moment, choose God. When Daniel opened the windows, people saw him. People saw him. Said, wow, this guy is praying. Ha, he's dead. Did he die? Don't be a pastor, a shepherd, who just readily chooses something else and you leave God standing there. Honestly, honestly. I don't feel good when I leave God standing there. I want to be standing by him. I want to stand by him. That may, may, may be, maybe that is what made me stand by my pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm now understanding. God, I, I can't bear to see God standing alone. We were about 20 doctors. This was about 16 years ago. We were giving letters as doctors to come for healing Jesus crusade and help with the clinics. We used to have clinics, you know, clinics, health clinics in the afternoon. In the night is crusade. Morning is pastor's conference. Afternoon is clinic. So a, a, a lot of doctors. After one, two, three crusades, I was the only one standing there. I hate to say these things because it, it, is, it, is, it sounds madness. It sounds... By the fourth crusade, I was the only one running a clinic. Only one. One. I could see about 500 patients in, a, in an afternoon. With a pharmacist. The first was even a nurse. 
than the pharmacist. Only one. But I was there. I didn't know. So I was there at the clinic. At the clinic. Because I went there for the clinic. Then Solpon Crusade. I was there and Bishop called me. He said, Dr. Go. Bishop Saki has to go to Accra to attend to a very important. This is about 14 years ago. He has to go to Accra to attend to a very important meeting. So you will introduce me tonight. I said, me? I'm sure he'd have said your mother. I said, wow. How do I do it? And he told me, say this, say this, and say this. Then I'll come. He told me exactly what to say, which I've, I've, I've been saying it since then. From that day, I introduced Bishop at Sorpon. I've never stopped introducing him till today. That is the one I can say in the microphone to you. Don't be a person who embarrasses your pastor. You embarrass God. It's like he's alone. That's why he asks, who is standing with God? On Sunday morning, as we are gathering, if you are at home breastfeeding, you have left me to stand alone. Who is on the Lord's side? Imagine how big this church would be if a choleric like you was one of my center leaders. Imagine, you know, you, 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 just think about it. Think about what you, I mean, not him, not this one, not this girl. You think of buses you can command here. Don't think about it. And I know you. She's strong, the strongest of them all. When it comes to her children. But he, he, even Christ now, he went to hell first. He should have stayed in hell. I should abandon my children to go and chase buses. You are a fool. I should abandon my children to go and chase buses. Right. Why is the place quiet? Oh, I want to feel that like I'm talking to him. I mean, okay, then I'll stop. Next week we continue. I don't like the feeling. The place is so quiet. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay, please, let's close it. it, it it's in time. It's time. Many of you have left me standing alone. When he asks who is on the Lord's side, I, I, like I always ask, not always, once I say, where is the Lord? Is he at Mankesim? Where is the Lord? This is the Lord. I represent him ditto, ditto to you. I stand here in the place of God for you. Read your Bible well. Read your Bible well. And many of you, as pastors, reverends, regional heads, center leaders, you have. Le- I'm talking about the love of God. If you love God, you will love me also. It's just by the grace of God that. I, don't, I have not suffered any cardiovascular accident. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. My heart is firm and solid. Because there are many times 
when I come and stand behind the pulpit, when I sweat, I see in the church, I feel like falling down. Because the people who must be standing by me are standing on their wives' baby's side. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm very aware that my time is up. So it's possible that we'll continue next week. I'll do part three with this one next week. Who's on the last side? That's the first point. I mean, how do you love God? Choose his side. He always has a side. He always has a side. That if you have an exam on Sunday morning and you know that you've always known that your exam is on Sunday morning and you must go and write the exam, I myself, I will send you to go and write it. What do you do? You find somebody, you groom the person, you prepare the person, you prepare three people, get ready, you do this, Francisca, do this, if you do this, Mary, get this done, and as you're in the exam, you are even texting to check have the buses come, but you, because of the exam, you abandon busing on Sunday morning, and the pastor is standing alone. Who's on the Lord's side? God has a side. And we who choose to serve him must stand. That's why I said, keep yourself in the love of God. Jude 1. Keep yourself loving him. It won't be automatic. It won't be easy. But force, especially you people who are cholerics. Force. And leave us who are phlegmatics to even flounder. Who is on the law side? Who is on? And this evening, I want to ask, who is on the law side? Who is on the law side? Raise your hand if you are on the law side. May your hand you have raised testify on your behalf one day. May that hand you have raised not testify against you one day. I ask again, who on the lost side. Did you know? Please put your hand now. Mommy, please stand up. Did you know? Look at this crowd from the east or whatever, south or whatever, to the west. This crowd, this alone, we can fill here with 5,000 members. You see? But on Sunday morning, on Saturday evening, only about one third or one fifth are on the lost side. The rest are on their body's side, on their wife's side, on their bed's side, on their wife's baby's side, on their uncle's side, on their funeral side, auntie who died side, uncle who died side, and there's nobody. That's why this is a very important question. Moses, he stood up and said, now declare. We all left Egypt, but now it's not that we have left him. Who here is on God's side? you can answer it. You'll be worthy of holding the shepherd's staff to lead the flock. Stand to your feet.